Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Hello and welcome in to The Mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and I know it's been a while. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, as uh, the previous episodes over the past month or so would suggest, uh, working in retail right around Christmas means your schedule is wildly unpredictable and your level of energy cannot be guaranteed from day to day or even really hour to hour. So, uh, didn't get a new episode out Christmas week like I wanted to, or the week after. But hey, my schedule has calmed down. I'm back. I'm looking for new jobs, let's be honest. And I'm here recording again, and you know what, Crash? Crash recap of uh, the one important thing I missed that has been too long to uh, talk about. Um, Raleigh was freaking awesome in every way, shape, and form. Uh, it was even better than I expected. The big team battle show match was really good. Uh, I got way too excited when Adam Cole came out and joined uh, Golden Boy's team. Like, I sat up in bed like, that's Adam Cole's thing. What the heck is he doing here? Uh Sunday was incredible. Uh, did not expect Cloud9 to win the whole thing. I kind of expected either Optic to set or Sentinels to do it. And um, and yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, Sentinels knocked out Optic on Formal's birthday. And Formal had some top tier shit talk after that game. Uh, all the memes on uh, on Monday were really just right after that game about... Uh, about formal just being locked out of the hex quarters on Monday when he tried to go back. Like when he, when he tried to go back to the hex quarters, just not being able to get in like that video of the dude on the jets from hard knocks, like swiping, swiping in at the gate at the door of the facility and not being able to get in. And that's finding out how he got cut. Like, like you, those memes were on point. Those were some top tier esports memes. But Raleigh was absolutely incredible. I'm very much looking forward to uh, really all three North American tournaments this year. Uh, Anaheim, which is... Anaheim's I know, is going to be a little bit smaller scale because it's just North America. It's not an international major. It's a North American regional. Anaheim, uh, Kansas City, and Orlando are both... are all going to be bangers. And then Worlds in September. If... If Raleigh was just what the level we can expect from the majors, which it seems like we're going to get three every year. If Raleigh is what we can expect for the majors, I can only imagine what we're going to get from Worlds in October uh, out in Seattle. I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, the entire rest of the 2022 HCS season because I think it's going to be really freaking awesome. But that was almost a month ago, so, uh, and, uh, obviously props to Cloud9. I did not expect them to win it, but they're one of the best teams in the world. There's no denying that. I mean, I know Sentinels were playing without Royal 2. They had Formal sub in, and they didn't have much time to practice with Formal. And Optic, Optic just kind of choked. <laughs> Optic... 
Optic just kind of choked. But we're, uh, we're what, about five-ish weeks out from, uh, from Anaheim? And, yeah, let the countdown begin, because Anaheim's going to be wild, because it's just North America. So, I think some of the, uh, the amateur teams are going to get more of a chance to shine. But we'll talk about this more when we get a little bit closer in, you know, five weeks. But on to the NFL. It was a wild one in week 17. Uh, the Ravens almost beat the Rams with the literal JV squad going out there. Uh, if they had just scored a single touchdown, they a single offensive touchdown, they would have won that game. And yeah, I'm that one hurt. And uh, to all the psychopaths out there saying to trade Lamar Jackson and keep Tyler Huntley, the Ravens didn't score a single offensive touchdown against the Rams, despite getting into the red zone multiple times. That is not a situation where you keep the quarterback you are currently playing with as your starter. I would much rather have Lamar Jackson. Because, honestly, if if Lamar Jackson is in that game and the defense plays exactly the same way and the Rams play exactly the same way, the Rams win that, the Ravens win that game by like 10 points. That's, that's just how it goes. The Ravens win that game by 10. I would say between seven and 10, but the Ravens win that game. So to all the nut jobs out there saying, keep Tyler Huntley and trade Lamar Jackson, you're dumb. You are, you are so dumb. You are really, really dumb for real. Like, God, that was <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of 2008 internet just came out right there. Uh, go, go look up Ben Truder for all the, uh, all, all the youngins out there, um, who don't understand that reference. That is, that is old school internet right there. That literally just came to me. Anyway, yeah, you're you're morons if you think the Ravens should keep Tyler Huntley and get rid of Lamar Jackson. Like, I'd much rather have Lamar. Because, sure, he's had a bad year, but his two running backs got injured in training camp. His offensive line has been injured to hell and back all season long. And, yeah, he, he regressed as a passer a little bit this year, but he's still a like one of two running talent. Like the man is a freak of nature. Keep him. Don't keep Huntley. I like Tyler Huntley. Don't get me wrong. I like Lamar Jackson as my starter a whole lot more. But Monday night football was obviously the focus of this week because it was a certain Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field. And uh, he didn't get the Kobe send-off ESPN was trying to build it up to be. He played horrible. Like, let's... Let's... Uh, let, let's be honest with ourselves here, shall we? Uh, fellow quote-unquote members of the media, Steelers fans, be honest with yourselves here. How can you look 
at 24 of 46 for 123 yards. That's that's uh that, that's just a hair over 5 yards per completion. That's um that's not good. That's that's a that's a hair over 5 yards per completion. Uh one touchdown, one interception, two sacks, one carry for negative 1 yards. Uh with a long of 13. How can you call that a good game? Let's uh I know it's two different sports, but let's let's just go find uh Kobe Bryant's final game cuz I remember it was better than that. Final game Kobe Bryant final game stats. He scored 60 points. Uh scored 15 of the Lakers final 17. Uh, here we go. April 13th, 2016. That was his, that was his last game. Utah Jazz 96, Los Angeles Lakers 101. The Lakers were not good that year at all, but my God, the man himself went out with the absolute bang he deserved. Let's see. Uh, 22 of 50 from the floor, uh, six of 21 from three, 10 of 12 from the line. That's where a good chunk of his points came from, uh, with 60 points overall, four defensive rebounds, uh, four assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers and a foul and a plus minus of plus seven. So his shooting was, uh, not much was technically worse, but he also dropped 60. Like he he's Kobe Bryant. And like he, he got to ride off into the sunset. That is, let's be honest. That is not what Ben did last night. Not, not even close. He averaged what? 123 divided by 24 is is uh, 5.125. So literally just a hair over five yards per pass. Uh, Early in the game, that number was, earlier in the game, that number was closer to three. So um, that's really not good. And sure, the Steelers won, but that was mostly on the back of Najee Harris and TJ Watt. And the Browns just, the Browns just returning to being the Browns this year. And that was, that game was kind of the final nail on the coffin of like, yeah, the Browns are the Browns again. And we'll we'll get to them in a little bit, but the Steelers do in fact have one more game. I hate the 17 game season. Don't at me. It's really stupid, but the, the Steelers do have one more game. And of course it is only fitting that that final game will be nowhere other than the wonderful M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. And the Ravens have already announced that their legend of the game is the one and only Terrell T. Sizzle Suggs, future Hall of Famer and Ben Roethlisberger's absolute kryptonite. Like, I love when the Ravens do stuff like this. 
2019 season, probably Brady's last game in Baltimore, at least as a Patriot, they bring Ed Reed. And now, for Ben's last game in Baltimore, period, they bring Terrell Suggs. I think that is just absolutely beautiful. I I mean, I would expect... I mean, if they're, they're about the same age, so I don't think it'd be the same, but say TJ Watt retires before Lamar Jackson, I would expect the Steelers to, to do the same thing in 15, 20 years. When, when Lamar Jackson retires, have TJ Watt come back. I would 100% expect the Steelers to do the exact same thing. But I think that is absolutely hilarious. I, I've been saying... I think the entire Ravens fan base has been saying do this for a couple weeks. Once Ben said, yeah, he's probably, I'm probably retiring after this year. All the Raven, the entire Ravens fan base said, well, Terrell Suggs has to be there for the last game of the regular season. And the Ravens have done the intelligent thing. And the man himself is going to be there. If he doesn't come out with that freaking gladiator helmet or the Bane mask or or something on, something is seriously. I, I it's Terrell sucks. He's going to. Like, that'd be like Ray Lewis walking out and not doing the dance. Like Terrell sucks is gonna come out with with like the gladiator mask or the Bane mask on or something. And it's uh it's gonna be great. Because uh, he he got his happy send-off. Now Ravens fans need our schadenfreude send-off. Send off. Which, uh, depending on your opinion of Ben Roethlisberger, may or may not be the send-off he actually deserves. I will not uh, confirm or deny my opinion. Uh, if you have listened to this show for any extended period of time, where I talk about anything relating to the city of Pittsburgh you will probably know where I stand on that particular issue. And I think I've said it on this show before. I, I want the Ravens to uh, to win by 20 or more. Because uh, that that's the send-off he truly deserves. Not 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 the happy in uh, in Heinz Field on Monday night. Sorry. I, I just I know he's a great player, but his uh, his off the field track record is not so great. Like I have respect for Tom Brady, I have respect for Peyton Manning. I may have I may have hated, and well, I don't really hate Tom Brady anymore. Once he left the Patriots, he became infinitely more likable. Shocker. But I may have hated both of them for a large portion of their playing careers, but I always respected them. Never respected Roethlisberger. He he deserves to go out losing by twenty, as a uh, a chorus of purple and black serenades him with na 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 hey 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 goodbye and uh, and that wonderful uh, that wonderful ad sticker placement in the uh, in last week's uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette was um was very funny. Uh if you haven't seen it, it's on Darren Ravel's Twitter. Uh if if your opinion of Pittsburgh lines up with mine, you'll probably get a good laugh out of it. 
But uh, shockingly, that wasn't the most insane thing to... Like, that Monday night game was not the biggest story in the NFL this week. At the Meadowlands, I didn't think anything even remotely relevant to the larger scope of the NFL would happen at the Meadowlands this year, but uh, it did. In the middle of the third quarter, Antonio Brown just takes his pads off, his jersey, his gloves, his undershirt, and chucks them all over the place. Threw his gloves and his undershirt into the crowd, too. And walked off the field. Right in the middle of a game. Uh, Both teams were lined up on the field as he walked through the end zone. With half of his equipment removed. No shirt on. And uh, doing jumping jacks in the end zone like an idiot. Now. Given the stories that have come out, where he said he didn't think his ankle was 100%, and Arians tried to make him play anyway. If that is true, that's bad. If he's saying, hey, I don't want to play on my ankle, it's not feeling great, and Arians tells him to play anyway, that's a bad look by Arians, don't get me wrong. But AB handled it the very, very wrong way. I mean, I've literally never seen anything like this. I know we had, uh, who was it? Was it Vontae Davis just retired at halftime of the Bills game a few years ago when the Bills were still really bad? And, like, I respect that. He he told the coaches at halftime, like, hey, I'm not feeling this, and I don't want to go out there and give you less than 100%. Like, it was weird, but at the same time, he did it the, he, I guess you could call it the right way. At least it was the first game of the season, not towards the end of the season. But I, I think Antonio Brown is well and truly done in the NFL. And just as like one person to another, I hope he finally gets the help he needs because he clearly needs some. The Honestly, I think the dude just needs some real friends. I mean, sure. He's still a raging douchebag. Like that, go back and go back and look at his college team picture. It shows exactly the type of person he is. He he's still a raging douchebag. But clearly, dude needs help. And for his sake as a person, I hope he gets it. And like people joke about it. But I, I think that hit he took in the playoff game against the Bengals a few years ago well and truly really screwed his head up. Like, the timeline matches up. He hasn't... He got worse after that hit. Like, the timeline... The timeline matches up. So, I, I hope the dude gets the help he gets, help he needs, but... We all knew this is how it was going to end for him, right? Like, it wasn't going to be a pretty end for Antonio Brown in the NFL. Like, yeah, he, he got his Super Bowl ring, 
because Tom Brady managed to keep his ego in check for an entire season. Like, Tom Brady is is a saint for putting up with him. I mean, Mike Tomlin put up with him for nine years, which I may not like the guy, but my God. He put up with Mike Tom- Mike Tomlin put up with Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell in the same locker room for multiple years. My God, no wonder the man just spews cliches. He has to, he exhausted all his brain power just dealing with those three gigantic egos. But man, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll certainly be in the sports history books. Yeah, right next to Harvey Updike. And, uh, and Ryan Leaf. Yeah, that's that that's not company you wanna that's not company you wanna be with. Harvey Updike and Ryan Leaf. And then uh Antonio Brown. Oh, you know who else is in that category? Jamarcus Russell. Those are uh Yeah, that that's a that's a solid that's a solid Mount Flushmore right there. Harvey Updike Antonio Brown, Jamarcus Russell, and Ryan Leaf. That is a crew. That is that is one hell of a crew, honestly. But like and I, I don't know. I don't know how like poor Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians a week ago said he he's turned over a new leaf. He's changed. Uh, clearly Bruce, he hasn't changed because he called an Uber from the stadium and released a really awful rap track while in the Uber and him and the driver were like cutting wrestling promos. It was very weird. It was very, very weird. But I think, uh, I'm curious to know where the Antonio Brown saga goes next. I I can only imagine now that he doesn't have the structure of an NFL team around him. It, it might only get worse. So I hope he uh, gets the help he needs soon. Cause it could get really bad. But anyway, moving on, let's, let's move on from Antonio Brown. Uh, Another guy who just had a very disappointing season, Baker Mayfield. Like, I was, I know he plays for a rival, and his personality can be grating at times, and uh, his insurance commercials absolutely suck. But Baker Mayfield was good last year. Baker Mayfield was really good last year. Let's all be honest with ourselves here. Like, go back and watch some of the games the Browns played last year. That was Baker Mayfield's coming out party. He looked awesome in multiple different ga- in multiple different games last year. And this year, not so much. Even before the injury, like, he regressed big time. The shoulder only made it worse. Like, a major injury to his throwing arm shoulder. Like, that's not good. And he's, he's finally getting surgery on it. He's probably not going to play this week. 
And I, I'm torn. I think he maybe plays one more year in Cleveland. But I could also see a situation where he is done. Like, he's done with the Browns. He he goes somewhere else and, and gets a change of scenery, which I wouldn't hate. Get another good quarterback out of the division. Uh, dealing with Jer- dealing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is going to be bad enough for the next 15 years. If, if the Bengals can actually keep the two of them together and get an O-line, dealing with the two of them is going to be a nightmare for the next, like, 10 to 15 years. But... It's uh, it's a shame because I did actually like the guy, mostly because Colin Coward absolutely hated him for no real reason. Just because of his personality, which, you know, make, makes you want to slap a guy. And his personality, like, he's kind of a douchebag, but there's been so much worse in the NFL. There, there's so much worse in that division. Like... Why are you hating on Baker so much? And he had a bad year this year. But I, I think uh, I, I think with that loss to the Steelers, where they looked absolutely terrible, I could see a scenario where he is where he is just done in Cleveland. Like time for a change of scenery. Go get the shoulder surgery. Hopefully, come back a little bit stronger, and uh, get the heck out of the AFC North, so I don't have to worry about uh, you being good again as much. But that's that's going to be an interesting offseason story to watch is is the Baker Mayfield story. Because will it continue in Cleveland or will it continue somewhere else? Because, you know, if he leaves Cleveland, like there are a few teams who could take him. I, I could see because. San Fran shouldn't give up on Trey Lance just yet. San Fran was the first team that came to my mind, but they shouldn't give up on Trey Lance just yet. I could see Minnesota as a possibility. If uh, if Aaron Rodgers retires after this year, I could see Green Bay as a possibility. Honestly, he could end up in Houston. I don't think, yeah, well, Houston's offense is completely depleted, so that might not be the best bet for him. The Jags still have Trevor Lawrence. They've completely ruined him, but maybe the maybe the Patriots? They don't want to give up on Mac Jones just yet. I, I'd take him over Mac Jones any day of the week, though. Yeah, that's good. He'll probably, honestly, he'll probably end up in the NFC. Probably the Vikings. That's that's my best guess is he is he ends up on the Vikings next year because most of the AFC is is good on quarterbacks like even even the bad teams are are good on quarterbacks like he I I that's my pick right now he either stays in Cleveland or he goes to the Vikings those are those are my two predictions it's one of those two 50 50. Stays in Cleveland or he joins the Vikings. If I'm actually right and he ends up signing with the Vikings, I'll be I'll be shocked. Like I will be bragging about that for the entirety of next season. But uh more stuff broke on Tuesday that the Washington football team will announce their new name 
come February 2nd, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think February 2nd is, like, right before the Super Bowl. It's, like, right before or right after the Super Bowl. Because this week, the 9th, is, uh, is, is week 18. Next, the, the 14th through the 17th, or the 15th, through, the, yeah, the 14th through the 17th is wildcard weekend. 21st through the 23rd is divisional round. <clears throat> 29th and, uh, 30th is, uh, conference championship games. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the week after the conference championship games. That's that that's that dead week in between uh the that's Pro Bowl week. God, that's funny. That's right before the Super Bowl. That is hilarious. But already on Tuesday, there have been some fake leaks. Some people said it's uh it's gonna be the Washington Admirals. Uh, somebody in Georgia set up a website, WashingtonAdmirals.com to redirect to the team site. And, uh, that had all of Twitter folds for a couple hours, which, uh, I thought was hilarious. Uh, some people are saying it might still be the football team. Like they're just going to stick with that, which is incredibly generic and terrible. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard Washington Armada, which is also really, really bad. Like, Red Wolves was right there. Red Wolves or Red Tails were both right there. Like, Dan Snyder, if you wanted to be petty, you could have just done Red Tails and said, call me racist now, I dare you. Yeah, call call me racist now, I dare you. I named him the Red Tails. After the Tuskegee Airmen. But, this is... Dan Snyder and the uh, the name redacted we're talking about here. So uh, you can't expect them to do anything intelligent because, like, look at everything else that is going on with that team. They're being investigated by the feds. They were involved in the whole John Gruden thing that got him fired. And their stadium could have very seriously injured both fans and Jalen Hurts on Sunday. Fans were leaning over the railing to high-five Jalen Hurts, and the railing broke. And they all fell. It looked like it was about 10, 15 feet. Onto solid concrete. Like, that could have been real bad. Someone could have broken their necks, including Jalen Hurts. Like, that would have been truly horrific. Thankfully, it didn't seem that bad. Everyone just sprang right back up. Uh, I saw, I think I saw somewhere that a couple guys had, like, had, like, some, some slightly scary injuries, but they're all expected to make a full recovery. At least that's what I saw, which is good. And they were all Eagles fans, so they all sprang right back up, and everyone just took pictures with Jalen Hurts. After uh, after he went in there and and won the game for the Eagles. Like, my God, that was it was horrific in the moment, but it's actually really funny. Because it's the most Philadelphia thing I've ever seen. 
to lean on the railing in an absolute dump of a stadium, fall 15 feet and just spring right back up and take selfies with your quarterback. Like, it's funny. It's funny. Like, the football team have so much more to be concerned about, but they're trying to throw this new name thing out there just to distract everybody from the fact that they are an absolute trash organization. I'm not going to forget because I'm for Baltimore and I love making fun of them. But uh, that's what I got for the NFL this week. Let me know what you guys think about uh, everything. Big Ben retiring, Baker, where's he going to end up next year? The football team being an absolute disaster. Heck, Antonio Brown. Uh, let me know on Twitter, at RealPatterson50. Or uh, jump in the Discord. Link will be in the show description. But uh, yeah, up next, we'll uh, switch it up. Get into a little bit of the uh, other dumpster fire out there that is uh, the CDL. What's up next here on the mashup? Okay, let's uh, let, let's switch it up. And talk about the absolute dumpster fire that the CDL has become in the past uh, week-ish. I mean, it's been bad. It's been bad since everyone realized Vanguard kind of sucks. Because, like, I was hyped for Vanguard. I was really hyped for Vanguard. Then it came out. I played it for a couple days. I haven't touched it since Halo came out. I haven't even thought about playing Vanguard since Halo came out, which is uh, at this point, what, about two months ago? I, uh, I haven't touched Vanguard in a while. Like, I think uh, I'd have to actually turn the game on to check, but I think I think my STG is like level 20. My MP40 might be level 10. My pistol's like level three. Like, that's it. I, I haven't leveled up any other guns. I'm not max level yet. Like, it's, uh, it's bad. Like, I have, I have put very little time into Vanguard. <laughs> but it's, it's not good. It's genuinely not a good game. Like, once Halo came out, it was like, okay, I don't need to play Vanguard anymore. I can just play this. This is a lot more fun. It actually has a ranked mode I can grind. And I've talked about this on the show before, so I won't go too deep into it. But, like, let's be honest. Things need to change. And the CDL itself is... Well, it's not the CDL. It's not the people who work directly with the league. It is the people above them at Activision who just refuse to acknowledge them because they don't make enough money as much money for Activision as, as little Johnny with his, as little 10 year old Johnny with his mom's credit card playing Warzone all day. Like, why do you think, why do you think all the CDL skins kind of suck compared to some of the better skins? Like, there are some good skins in the COD store, especially in Cold War. There were some really good ones. None of them were CDL skins. All of the CDL skins sucked. Can you imagine a reactive skin, a like reactive gun camo for optic 
black and neon green. Same thing with Hundred Thieves and Face. Black and neon red. Heck, rocker. Purple and blue. Purple, black, and blue. That that's rocker. That would look awesome. Like I would buy that gun skin in a second if you made it look good. Or if you made like if you gave it if you gave it character. You don't have to give it like you don't have to give the rocker guns like Viking horns or anything, but honestly that would look kind of cool, but that would also give rocker players a distinct disadvantage. But if you if you had like like the runic pattern the rocker have across the chest on their had across the chest on their jerseys last year. If you put that on a gun with like the rocker colors on it and slap the logo on the side, that would look really good. Have like have like glowing glowing Nordic runes. You know how cool that would look? Like like glowing purple and blue runes on the gun? That would look awesome. And like Optic and Phase, you would just need their colors to have like some pop to them instead of just being really flat and boring. That's all you would need to do. And don't even get me started on the operator skins. I, I don't know how to fix them. They just suck. They're they're just terrible. They're really bad. But it's pretty clear that um that all the players absolutely hate Vanguard because none of them are playing it. If even freaking Illy and Krim are playing Halo, like if if Crim6 and Formal are playing Halo together, something is seriously wrong with the current Call of Duty. Like I know Formal's retired and he's like a Halo guy at his, at his very core. But it's, it's still a little weird that most of the league is currently either playing Halo or they're just playing Warzone on stream. And really, that's just Skump who's playing Warzone. Because he's, he's also pretty good at that. But, like, Nate Shot even said, like, I guess, I guess I'm the fool for in, investing $25 million into this and... They're just not giving us anything back. Like, and Nate Shot knows. Nate Nate Shot helped build the COD scene. He was never a top-tier player. He was a very good player. I, I've seen that argument out there that, that Nate Shot wasn't actually that good of a player. He was never a top-tier player. But he was still one of the best. Like, go back and watch some of his highlights. He... I mean, sure, he was more of a personality guy, but he had a few big moments. Like, once Skump joined the team, he got overshadowed skill-wise by Skump. But in terms of, like, content and using your personality to become bigger than just your skill, that was all Nadeshot teaching Skump how to do that. Like, Skump himself even admits that. That as far as, like, 
being a personality and creating content, Nate Shot taught him everything he knows. Like Nate Shot and Hector combined to teach him basically everything he knows when it comes to when it comes to content creation. But apparently because like the the most recent episode of the flank, it was who was on there? It was it was a lot of names. It was Zuma, it was Sensor, it was Aches, it was Krim, and I don't remember who the fifth guy was. But those four were the initial four when the show started. And all of them, like, Krim said, not, Krim? Yeah. Krim said something like, the guy who's actually running the CDL is a guy who came from the 2K League. And... The 2K League was an absolute dumpster fire for a while, so I hope it's not the guy who's responsible for the 2K League being a dumpster fire. And that's the other thing. The CDL is all completely run out of New York. The games are all made in California. All the games are made in California. The league is run out of New York. Do we not see the issue here? Like, they're never... They, they don't talk to the players. They don't talk to the players when it comes to development. They don't give a crap about the players. They don't give a crap about the esports scene at all. Look at Overwatch League. Like, if they're not careful, the CDL is going to end up in the same state the OWL is, where no one gives a crap about it. Like, I used to talk about the Overwatch League on this show all the time. How long has it been? I feel like it's been over a year since I, like, actively talked about the Overwatch League on this show. Because they just haven't given me a reason to watch. It's partially because the game has completely died. Yeah, thanks, thanks, goats. You guys ruined your own game. Good job. You, you guys ruined your own game when you decided uh, three tank, three support would be fun. It was absolutely awful to watch, and you completely killed the game. It was awful to watch. It was awful to play. Who would think it, an amateur team's really overpowered strategy would completely kill a game? Because the fix to it isn't much better. I thought roll queue would be the answer. It wasn't. You can't really do anything like that in Call of Duty because it's just it's just class based. Like it's not it's not character based. But I I don't have high hopes for for this year in the CDL. Like. We'll probably end up getting a few moments out of the majors just because they're going to be on land with crowds and that always leads to hype moments. But you're not going to get the same kind of stuff you had last year because Seattle didn't do much to improve. If anything, they got worse. You're not going to have a Seattle sends Atlanta phase home moment at any of the majors this year because only eight teams are going to get to go. Like, it's not going to be all 12. And you're just playing for seeding. And all the other games are going to be online. Yeah. If if you couldn't tell, I think the format for this year absolutely sucks. Just go back to the 2020 format. Just, just go back to 2020's format. Modify it a little bit so you can have the majors. Here. This is how you fix... 
this is how you fix the CDL format for uh, for 2022. So you have 12 teams. And you have... Oh, would you look at that? It breaks down perfectly. Play three weeks, then major. Play three weeks, then major. Play three weeks, then major. Three times. And... Oh, would you look at that? Um, just randomize, randomize the twelve home series every every year. Ran, randomize the twelve home series, and then say two through five from last year get to host the four majors. So let's see who were uh, who were who were top five. At, uh, let's just see who finished two through five at, uh, champs last year. Oh, fifth, six was optic in New York. Um, yeah. So So, okay, who finished, who finished higher in the, uh, in the regular season standings? Um, looks like Chicago would have. Yeah, Chicago finished higher in the regular season standings. So, so yeah, Toronto, Dallas, Minnesota, and Chicago host the majors next year. Atlanta host champs. There you go. You randomize the you randomize the other home series and then you have 3 of them then then um what would it be? Uh the Chicago major or well in this case the Texas major. Oh god, those two teams merged. Okay. So it would just be New York. Uh so, uh, yeah, first you have New York, then Minnesota, then you play three more home series that are randomized, then the Minnesota major, then the Dallas major, then the Toronto major, then you have a couple more home series or no, then you have a couple more home series just to determine seating and then champs. Done. That's how you fix the format. That is a way better format than whatever crap they came up with for this year. No one wants to play online COD again. Online COD sucks. No one wants to play that as the standard for the eSport. And that's going to be most of the year. People are only going to care about the majors. They're not going to care about the regular season matches. Because they're not going to be all that interesting. Because they're not going to be on LAN. It sucks. Why are you doing it this way? That was the whole point of franchising. Is that you didn't have to fight to get to the tournaments. Now you have to fight through three weeks of online to even qualify for the majors. And you know who's going to miss out every single time? Seattle. 
Paris, London. Like Seattle, Seattle will never get to play on Seattle and Paris guaranteed will never get to play on land this year. They just won't. They're, they're going to be bottom two. Seattle and Paris just will not play on land this year. They will exclusively be forced to play online because they screwed up the format again. Like last year's was bad, but at least all 12 teams got to play at all of the majors. They didn't get to play at champs, but at least all 12 teams got to play at the majors. Because you get more money that way. I mean, you have to make some level of progress, but like Major 4 was freaking awesome. I mean, sure, it was the first, it was the first COD Esports land in a year and a half. And some of those series were absolutely incredible. You had you had the surge upset plus the rocker resurrection in grand finals, which is the most insane thing I have ever seen. And that's the other thing. Why is the season not starting until February? Why is the real season not starting until the end of February when the game came out in November? Halo multiplayer surprise dropped. Surprise dropped earlier than everyone had expected. And it was still, it was still just a month in between multiplayer coming out and the first real tournament. It was almost exactly a month. It was like a month and three days. Meanwhile, God, it's four plus months. And we still don't have league play in Vanguard. Not like I really want to play league play because league play sucks. Makes me want to chuck my controller across the room. And I tilt really hard when I play League Play because people sweat way too hard in it. But it's... Why is it not in the game from the very beginning? It was in Black Ops 2. And there hasn't been a good COD... There hasn't been a COD game that level since Black Ops 2. It's now been 10 years. God, this... I wish we could go back to that. That was a simpler time when, when I ain't sure MLG wasn't the best tournament organizer and the Codcaster at BO2 sucked. The Codcaster at BO2 was terrible. Let, don't get me wrong, but like, that was a simpler time when, when COD was good. Players actually had personalities. We had tournaments like right away. You actually built up rivalries and storylines like, there are a bunch of interesting storylines going into the CDL season this year, but they're all so far removed from when they actually happened because they all happened over the summer. And the season doesn't start for another month and a half. Ugh. My God, this league. It, it shocks me that a multi-million, a multi-billion dollar company could be this dumb. But what do you guys think? Think the CDL format for this year is good? Do you actually like it? Uh, are you? I mean, I'm hyped for the four majors. Depending on when New York is, and if I can save up the money, I might go. Just because I want to go to a CDL event before the CDL just straight up dies. 
But like, if it conflicts with a Halo, uh, an HCS major, I know which one I'm picking. But that's what I got for uh, the CDL. Up next, we'll uh, get into some college football and wrap up the show. It's coming up next here on the mashup. All right, college football time. <sighs> I had hope. I had hope this year going into the semifinal games. I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd actually be good for once. Like, the best we got was Cincy's first half. And they were still down pretty... They were still down, what, 10 at halftime? I know it was... I'm pretty sure it was at least two scores. Who the heck are you, NCAA football? Oh, there you are. Yeah, it was... Uh... Who the heck is that game? There it is. Yeah, final was 27 to 6. Yeah, it was 17 to 3 at halftime. So that was still a two touchdown game at halftime. And that was considered pretty good by the standards of the college football playoff over the course of its history. That's uh that says everything it needs to say about that game. The fact that 27 to 6 is one of the more respectable losses in the history of the college football playoff semifinals. 21 points is one of the more respectable losses. Ugh. I had hope. I had hope they were actually going to be good this year. But my hope was uh, was very quickly destroyed once the second half of uh, of the Cincy and Bama game started. And then the Michigan-Georgia game was just a joke from the very beginning. Like, I feel like Georgia jumped out to a 14-0 lead almost immediately. Like, what was the actual... Yeah, it was it was very quick. It was very quickly 14 nothing. 34 to 11. Man, Michigan. I thought you were better than this. A field goal and a a field goal and a garbage time two-point convert garbage time touchdown with a two-point conversion. That's all you're capable of. You were one of the best teams in the country this year. How is that all you're capable of against Georgia? Like, I know Georgia was the best team in the SEC overall because they played like steaming hot garbage in the SEC championship game a couple weeks ago, but they were still first place in the SEC for the entire season. They are still 13-1. and one. Their only loss is to Bama. And in a few days... They're just going to play Bama again. What, next Monday? Next Monday, they're just going to play Bama again. Well, George is favored by three in that game. But I don't even know if I want to watch that game. 
Like, I truly don't know if I even want to watch that game. Because, like, we saw it a couple weeks ago. It was the SEC championship game. Georgia has won a national championship relatively recently. Haven't they? Like, it hasn't been that long since they've won a national championship. Uh, claim national titles. Oh. No, they didn't win in 2017. They they made it in 2017. They didn't win. Did they, uh... What, they lost to Clemson then? Yeah, I think they, uh... Oh, no, they lost to... They lost to Bama in 2017. Oh, yeah, that was the Tua game. Yeah, that was the Tua game. Ah, oh, man. So we're probably just going to get the same thing again. I mean, I kind of hope Georgia wins because it's it has it has been a while since they won a national championship. I think uh, I think it's been I think uh, I saw that the last claim national championship they had was 1980. So it's been uh, it's been 42 years. So uh, halfway to uh, halfway to the meme, halfway to the Titanic meme, it's been 84 years. But I, I'm probably going to watch it because what else is on on a Monday night and it'll lead right into Sports Center, so I can just watch Bad Beats. But like, I'm, I'm so glad college basketball is my favorite college sport because if if football was my number one, I would be disappointed that this is my championship every year. That that my the the absolute peak of my favorite college sports season was this predictable and this boring. Like the best game on New Year's Eve was the Rose Bowl. And even that had a pretty anticlimactic ending. I really thought that kick returner from Utah was going to run it back and win the thing. That would have been the funniest thing ever, given that Ohio State's quarterback did the little did the little wave to the bench after he hit the what became the game-winning field goal. Like, that would have been the funniest thing ever if that dude from Utah ran back that kick for, for a touchdown as to, with, with zeros on the clock. Like, that would have been hilarious. I, I'd still be laughing. I'd still be laughing a few days later. I honestly would, because that would have been hilarious. The best game on New Year's Eve ended up being the freaking Outback Bowl. Where Oklahoma State just mounted a massive, massive, massive comeback. Like... Yeah, they were they would have been down 28 to 14. Or no. No, they were down. They were down 28 to 7. And then they scored 30 unanswered points to win the thing. That is that is impressive. That's that's just that's just great. Like that was 
That was the best game. It was the freaking Outback Bowl. It was the best game on New Year's Eve. One, we need to stop playing the semifinals on New Year's Eve. We really do. Just move them to New Year's Day. M- move them. Move them to New Year's Day. Don't play Don't play the semifinals on New Year's Eve. They're in prime time. People are getting ready to go out. People are getting ready to do out and do New Year's Eve things. I.e. get really drunk and party. Like, stop playing the semis on New Year's Eve. Play them on New Year's Day. It's fine. But thank God, thank God March Madness is on the horizon. College or conference play for basketball in some conferences has started already. And some of the smaller conferences is starting this week. Like it's, it's on. Like let the, let the countdown to March begin. This is where it gets weird. But uh, yeah, as far as, as far as the national championship game goes, I think Bama's going to win. Because, like, they've already beaten Georgia once this year pretty handily. They have a week to prepare. They didn't exert much energy at all against Cincinnati. I mean, Georgia didn't against Michigan either, but still, they're Bama. It's Nick Saban. Yeah, I I think Bama wins probably by 14. Because college football is just boring and predictable right now, and... uh, Hopefully they find a way to fix it soon. And that does not mean keeping G5s out of the playoffs. That means expanding the freaking playoffs. Like maybe we'll at least get some interesting games if you expand the playoffs to eight. You don't have to go to 12, just do eight. Actually, no, do 12. Top four get a bye, eight through 12 play each other. Or not eight through 12, five through 12. Five through 12 play each other. Winners move on and play the one through fours. And you go from there to the the semifinal bowl games and then the national championship game at the end of it. It's pretty simple. But this is the NCAA and the college football playoff committee we're talking about here who is just the smartest group of people in all of athletics. So uh, they probably won't do that. Like, since he belonged, Bama's just better than them. Because OK State would have gotten beat just as bad. OK State would have gotten walloped by Bama, probably by more than 21. Same with Notre Dame. Since he beat them, that should keep them out of this conversation entirely. And then they lost to OK State. They gave up 30 unanswered points to OK State in the Outback Bowl. But that's what I got for college football and this episode of the mashup. Hope everyone had a good Christmas and a good new year. And uh, I am, I am promising that I will get back to weekly episodes now, now that my schedule has massively calmed down. I'll, I will be getting new episodes out every week from from now into the foreseeable future but hope you all enjoyed the show hope you all enjoy your rest the rest of your week and uh talk to you guys next wednesday see you then
time is short and the road is long in the blinking of an eye that moment's gone and when it's done win or lose you always need your best cause inside you knew 